Blog Talk Radio. Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. With your hosts, Rudolph Muhammad and Yusuf Muhammad. There's a train of coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the dealers coming. Don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. Train to Jordan Picking up passengers Coast to coast Faith is the key Over the doors and bottom Blessings, peace, and blessings. Welcome to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, otherwise known as the Community Action Response Emergency Program, because we care about you. You know, there's a saying that says, people don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. So we're using the word care for community action response emergency. Unit 911, I know that sounds familiar to my co-host, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, but here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, we want you to become self-reliant and taking appropriate action in response to any emergency. And with that being said, we'd be foolish to think that we could do it all by ourselves. Yeah, we have to take a step toward Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, and pray that people will come around you and it'll be a community investment, a community involvement, a community partnership for community risk reduction. All that is fine. But if we don't put our creator first, the source greater than ourselves, 
then I think we miss the mathematics and the science of what it is we're trying to do by God's grace and mercy. So in the name of that most high God, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness there is no God but he, but the one God. We thank him for his merciful intervention in the affairs of men, in finding one and raising one, in the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Certainly we could never thank Master W. Fad Muhammad and the most honorable Elijah Muhammad enough for leaving with us in this dispensation of time their divine reminder, the exponent of excellence, the criterion in human form in the person of the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And those three great yet humble names, I'm honored to greet our listeners once again with the greeting words of peace and paradise. We say it in the language of our ancestors. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam, sir. Thank you, Brother Rudolph. And for those who may not be familiar with uh, that greeting, I simply said in Arabic, peace be unto you. And Brother Rudolph replied, unto you be peace. English translation, which we're taught also, we're offering each other a prayer. So welcome, welcome, welcome to our first time. Listeners, welcome, welcome, welcome to those who participate on a regular basis. We thank you all for the honor of your ear and the privilege of your presence that you would find it uh, your benefit to come on and join us this week, which we come on every week, every Friday from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And if you have not called in, you know you can call in this number at 563-999-3089. Again, 563 563- Nine 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 three zero eight nine, and feel free to share it with your database, your network, if you will. And if you called in, you can also log in to our program at blogtalkradio.com forward slash black hole radio, hole spelled W H O L E forward slash D A D P for disaster awareness community preparedness. Of course, those of you who are consistent know that this program promotes public awareness and engages in public outreach to inform, to educate, and to train all people in how to best prepare for, respond to emergencies. Our objective is to ensure that everyone has a reasonable working knowledge of disaster preparedness to help you determine the best choices in any response, any emergency response, to avert danger and to save lives. Our vision here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness is that each individual citizen, including every capable man, woman, and child, understand their personal responsibility for the safety of themselves, their family, their neighbors, and the overall well-being of the larger community. Again, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, and we pray that what we have to share with you in these next two hours or so will be beneficial for you and your family. At this time, 
gives me great pleasure to move aside, fall back, so we can bring on our co-host, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, who will take us further in the program. Brother Rudolph? Thank you, Brother Yusuf. All praises are due to Allah, the one God, creator of all that was, is, and will be. He's known as the great, the grand architect of the universe. He's known as the I am that I am. He is known as the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. He's known by many names on this planet. And so to whichever of those titles you ascribe to for him, know that we are talking about that one who is responsible for your and my existence and for the existence of this world that we were born into. Since neither you nor I had a say-so in what was here before we got here, then we know that someone had to come before us to pave the way for us to make life easier for us. And so to that one, that's the one that I'm talking about. That's the one that I pay all honor, all respect, and homage to. And I thank that one, raising one from amongst our midst, physically, geographically, here where I am in the city of Detroit, he appeared here, and he walked the streets much like I'm doing right now. And he had a meeting, and someone came to that meeting. And after hearing what he was saying, they had a little conversation, and he said to him, I know who you are. And he was told, as we say nowadays, yeah, yeah, keep it on the DL, keep it on the DL. You know, but who else knows? It's not time yet. And then he taught that one for a specific period of time, and then he left his student here to deal with those who thought that they were in power, those who thought that they had authority, and those who thought that they were in control of the situation in that day. And then the student went to work raising others to degrees of knowledge that he had been brought to. That student then went to work and he taught and trained people, people of color specifically, in the way that they should go. He taught and trained people of color about the things that they had forgot that they knew. And then he met another one that became his student. And he taught and trained him that which he had been taught and trained. And then he left his student on the scene. And so we think the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, for not leaving us comfortless and guideless 
in this day and time. But he put the time in and spent time to educate, to teach, and to train the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And that is our big brother that is on the scene today. That is the heavyweight champion of the world in terms of truth and justice for oppressed people everywhere. Not just the black man and woman of this planet, but the black, the brown, the red, the yellow, and yes, even the poor white. Anyone who is being oppressed by an oppressor, he is their mouthpiece. It's like you go into court and, you know, everybody that's in court, you have to have a, a, an attorney to speak for you. Well, he is the attorney for the oppressed and couldn't ask for a better attorney that's because right. his heart, his heart is so filled with love for oppressed people. His heart is so filled with love from the God of creation that when you hurt, he hurts. When you cry, he cries. And so because of that, he is very equipped to speak for your and my defense. No matter what we do, we can be defended because we have a great defense attorney. And so, again, in the name of the God, in the name of his Christ, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, and in the name of their reminder, warner, teacher, and guide that's among us today, the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, I greet all of you that are on this line today and will be on this line the well-wishers, the supporters, the friends, those who are sitting on the fence and haven't decided which way they want to go yet, but they're intrigued and want to hear more, and even the detractors. We greet you in the greeting words of peace and of paradise of our salam alaykum. Wa alaykum salam, sir. Thank you, Brother Yusuf, which is letting you know that of all the things that are going on in the world today, the one thing you do not have to worry about, you do not have to fear what is coming from our mouths, nor what is coming from our hands, because all we wish for you is peace. Okay, now that that's out the way, let me say it this way. Sometimes, a neck has to be broken to establish peace. And sometimes, as Scripture says, there are some who have to be raised to repel others in order to keep the balance and to keep things in check. So to all of those who their prayer is to be those who are the repellers of others, all praises are due to Allah. And to all of those who are spiritually 
inept with the ability to break down the scriptures for those who do not have the spiritual ineptness, we thank Allah for them also. B, I am just glad that I am in this day and time, and I'm glad to be an usher on the door. I'm glad to be an assistant to whoever is doing the work. I'm glad just to be in that number, as we used to say in the church, glad to be in the number one more time, Brother Yusuf. So, you know, before we into today's program, let me just throw this out there. I don't know what your geographical or geographic location is on the planet today, but I know where I am. We're experiencing a weather phenomenon. And we were told to watch the weather. And when someone tells you to watch something, they're telling you to observe what's going on because something is going to happen. Well, recently here in Detroit, it's been the weather that we typically have in Detroit this time of year. It's been cold. But today, it's almost as if the sun closer to the planet and it's directing its rays right on the street that I'm walking down. Because it's hot, it's comfortable, and I thank Allah much that I'm able to be out here walking, exercising, getting some fresh air, getting some sunshine, and really just taking a moment to just relax, Brother Yusuf, and just fall back Mm -hmm. a little from the Mm -hmm. day-to-day rigmarole of Mm -hmm. regular life. You know, it's it's good to to take a moment every now and then to just sit back and and to, uh, as they say, um, you know, just observe and to reflect on things that have happened, things that are happening, so that you can uh, plan things that you want to happen. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and as my wife always says, you know, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans for your life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we still need to make a plan. We say that on this show all the time. We need to constantly be in the planning phase, making the plan. Rehearsing the plan. Sometimes you have to change the plan when things don't go according to the way you saw it happening. So that's what we should constantly be in the midst of doing. So now, as we get into the show today, brother, and I know you're going to give us the FEMA report, and you're going to give us the 411 on you know, what's been going on, but the things that I, and I appreciate, brother, the intel that you have sent me throughout the week, you know, about the droughts and the effect it's having on the farmers, Mm -hmm. about the wildfires on the West Coast, the floods in the South, 
and you know all of this happening at the same time on the same planet. You know, Marvin Gaye was right asking the question, "What's going on, brother Yusuf?" Mm-hmm. That's what right, brother. What is going on? Yes, sir. Well, brother Rudolph, thank you, brother, for welcoming uh, our listening audience again, once again, as so beautifully you do every week. And uh, let's see if we can start by, as you lifted up the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, I just want to take us back, brothers and sisters, a couple of weeks where we uh, honored uh, the 125th birth anniversary of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Yes, sir. Then I want to move you forward to last week where we reflected, as you used that term so beautifully, the 27th anniversary of the Million Man March. That's right. A, A day of atonement, reconciliation, and responsibility, but as we know, it was more than just a day. Yes, sir. So, so, so let's. Brother Rudolph mentioned something about what's going on in the world, and uh, forgive the background ring. Something's going on in my house, the world of my house right now. But, That's uh, all right, brother. This is a live radio program. That's right. You and this I. In real that. time. For the first time listeners, you have to really put your seatbelt on for this program because you may hear everything from an ambulance siren to a fire engine, a uh, 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 loud horn, if you will, blow yes, horn. Yes, sir. Just to wake us up, we're in a state of emergency, never seen such urgency. And so what I was about to say was to lift up the weekly periodical called the Final Call newspaper. Yes, sir. That is published by the publisher of Peace, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. That's so right. some of the things you can consider in addition to what Brother Rudolph just mentioned is the fact that if you go into this week's edition of the Final Call newspaper, on various pages, You have the U.S. policy of depopulation, the censorship, and the COVID attack on science and American ideals. What's going on when you have the GMOs, something modified? What's that called? G, something modified? Genetically modified organisms. Genetically modified organisms that promote poverty and independency gains foothold in Kenya. Wow. And then you have another war in a country in Africa called Tigray. The question is asked, is the U.S. responsible? The mainstream media is not even telling us about a war in that country. Right. But it's interesting that the head of the World Health Organization I can't call brother's name right now, but he's from that country. Then you can go into the Final Call newspaper and hear about the industrialized nations are the main culprits of climate problems in Africa. Well, 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 I just gave you three out of the four points. Something's going on in Africa. 
You remember Stetson Sonic, A-F-R-I-C-A, <laughs> Angola, Zueto, Zimbabwe, Tanzania, Zambia, Mozambique, and Botswana. So let us speak about the motherland, but the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. So, you know, we can go to Africa. We can go wherever we are throughout the diaspora, and there's some type of disaster going on. What are we doing to prepare ourselves? Are you waiting for climactic or a, a, a catastrophic event to happen? It's too late then to begin to prepare. If you're talking about a hurricane coming from West Africa to the Caribbean or the Gulf Coast, if you're not prepared, it's too late, as the people in certain parts of Florida found out and certain parts of uh, Central and South America are finding out. So, look, we can go all around the planet, 196,940,000 square miles of it, 57,255,000 square miles of the land, and 139,685,000 square miles of the water. But what about what's happening right where you're sitting or standing? Brother uh, uh, Rudolph said he's in Detroit. I'm in the area code 757, the southeastern region of Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia Beach. But right in that final call newspaper, on page six, Brother Rudolph, it says, eight years later, Flint water crisis, far from over. <laughs> it has right. a picture with two bottles. One is brown and one is black. The brown bottle has Flint on it. The black bottle has Detroit on it. It says underneath Virginia Tech professor Mark Edwards shows the difference in water between Detroit and Flint after testing, given evidence more than 170 samples were sent to Flint. But it's happening in both cities and cities around America. So whether it's Africa or whether it's where you sit, we better start preparing, brothers and sisters, as it's six, excuse me, 426 Eastern time. Uh, we just got into the half hour of laying the base, if you will, and certainly Brother Rudolph can pick up on any one of those particular items that's in the final call newspaper published by the publisher of peace and shout out to all the staff writers. Uh, our dear brother, brother Brian Muhammad out of New York, who's now in South Carolina. Yes, Praise sir. be to Allah for the work that he does. Uh, so much is in this final call newspaper every week. It really doesn't give, get the credit that it, it, it so deserves in my humble opinion. And lastly, a uh, shout-out to uh, Brother Shelton Muhammad, who was on our program about three or four weeks ago uh, with his focus on the black farmers, keeping them from extinction in our community from death. He laid a presentation out last night, uh, excuse me, on Wednesday night at Muhammad Mosque number 57 in Norfolk. So I definitely wanted to give him a shout-out. I did, Brother Jerry. Muhammad, who has a, uh, he's an author of a book uh, entitled Infrastructure. So it's a lot going on, brothers and sisters, a lot going on. They had some kind of earthquake fallout, FEMA exercise 
Oh, yeah, the Great American Stakeout. Yeah. Thank you very much, Brother Rudolph. I'm going to fall back, brother, and let you take it from there, soldier. What's going on? <laughs> Thank God for Marvin Gaye. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, the Temptations, hey, they they put a little soundtrack together, too. You know, Eve of Destruction, Tax Deduction, City Inspectors, huh. Bill Collectors, you know. <laughs> Man, talking about all it all. The confusion. And, That's right. <laughs> right. And in all of those songs that were written back then, if you read the words and listen to the words of them today, they are still 1,000% on it. The same, as our brother, Brother Barry, used to so eloquently say, it's the same soup, just mm-hmm. reheat it. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's all they did, just change the pot and turn the flame up on it, you know. But, you know, with all of that being said, the focus is still on you. Not you so much, Brother Yusuf, but the you, the Y-O-U that's out there in the listening audience. The focus is on you and your family. What are you going to do? when disasters run wild on you. What do you know? Do you know all that you need to know to protect yourself and your family? Do you have food stored up for the famine that not is to come, that is already here? That was it. Go ahead. Do you have water, clean water, for you and your family to nourish yourself and to cook with? Is your household clean, sanitized, and disinfected? Mm. You know, we went all through that during the height of the COVID-19 crisis, and then a lot of people have just fallen off. They've just you know, going back to sleep, back to business as usual. Mm. And what I will say to you is woe to you. I will use the poetic language of the scripture. Woe to you because it's, it's not, it's not time to fall back to sleep. And to go back to business as usual. You know, a lot of people say they'll be glad when this COVID thing is over so we can get back to business as usual. I don't want to go back to business before COVID-19. That's right. Hell, I'm kind of glad COVID came. COVID was Mm. like putting a, 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 you know, it was like, you know how your computer you're working on it, and then all them pop-ups just keep coming up. You can't even get through a full sentence typing on your computer without pop-ups coming up. And so at a certain point, you have to just shut down your computer. Just shut it off. Mm-hmm. And reset. Reboot. Let it reset. That's right. Well, that's what COVID-19 was. It was a reset. Not just for the black man and woman, not just for the poor, not just for America, 
but it was a world reset. Okay, so now we're coming out of it, or and I'm speaking from the vantage point of the majority of society who believes that COVID is over. I'm going to tell you as one working inside, COVID is still here, still alive and well, if you but knew. Mm. Yes, the government has told you you can take your mask off. You don't have to wear your mask. You don't have to uh, keep six feet of distance anymore. Um, You know, it's okay. You can... um, uh, uh, um, just be willy-nilly again and, and go back to that. That's what the government told you. But that's that same government that lied to you about COVID the whole time. That's the same government that almost forced you at gunpoint to take those poison so-called vaccines that supposedly were supposed to protect you against COVID and then the next lie was well no they won't stop you from getting COVID but if you do get it it won't be as bad and so you take both of the vaccines and then you take all four of the boosters and then you take the next four boosters that are coming and when does it stop every day if you are following the news more and more is being revealed about who lied about what. Pfizer mm-hmm. has already come out and admitted that they lied, that they never tested those vaccines before they unleashed them on on the the world population. Of course, Dr. Fauci already admitted that he lied about what he lied about when it first started. So, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's no... Um, shock to some of us whose eyes are open, wide open about the time and what must be done. But to the 85%, some of them should be, should be a little wiser now the fact that you've been lied to not just about COVID you've been lied to your entire life where your government is concerned this government has never told the truth to the 85% of the population Mm -hmm. you know and we have learned through the teachers of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad that in everything there's an 85% there's a 10% and there's a 5%. And that's with everything. And that 85% is just being led wherever wherever they, they, they're going. They're not plotting their course. They're following. Mm-mm-mm. We know that there's a 10% that's in control or in a position of authority and that's controlling the um or swaying let's say the uh um 
your mindset. Let's put it that way. Because they're in control of the airwaves. They're in control of print media. They're in control of everything that you see and hear. And they are constantly working on getting their story out there and using the subliminal suggestions that even when you're not thinking about it, they are inundating you with their agenda. Otherwise known as the bloodsuckers of the poor. Yes, sir. And then there's the 5% who are constantly standing on the wall. They are constantly in the wilderness, not just of North America, but of the world. And they are yelling to the people the truth, but then that 10% makes them look like they're crazy. That percent, you know, they have their smear campaign going on. Yeah. And they discredit those who are speaking the truth so that the 85%, long before they can hear the truth of the, from that 5%, the message they got is, he crazy. Don't pay no attention to him. He's just crazy. You know, Brother Yusuf, you ever walk down the block, walk down a block, and you look across the street, and you see somebody, and you can tell that they're in a conversation with themselves. You can tell it. Every day. And, it's and you say to yourself, you say to yourself, look at that fool over there. That fool crazy. Yet you just told yourself to look at something that you were already looking at. And you just said to yourself that they're crazy because they walk and talk to yourself, but you were telling yourself to look at them. So who's crazy? If that's the way that you want to tell the story, who's the real crazy one? See, we all a little bit crazy. But the real ones know that they're a little bit crazy, so they're, you know, there's a little protection in it for them. Everybody else is in denial. But it's okay to be a little crazy. It's okay to be crazy. This is a crazy world we live in. This is a time where we don't even have to come up with no more conspiracy theories because the truth is strange enough. <laughs> you know, as our <laughs> listen, as our brother Cat Williams so eloquently put it, they lied and talked about that there was a shortage on chicken wings, but there was plenty of chicken thighs. What? You know, and when I heard him <laughs> say it, yeah, that's the same thing I did, brother. I just bust out laughing. And then I had to stop and think about what he said, because they did say that the price of chicken went up because there was a shortage on chicken wings. Well, a shortage on chicken wings, but there was plenty of chicken thighs. I'm not even going to go any further into that, brother. I'm just giving examples of what's going on in the world today. You know, so. Yes, sir. While we have this moment to breathe. The question is, are you ready? And someone may say, ready for what? 
ready for what's coming next. Well, what's coming next? Ah, aha. That's the question. What is coming next? What is next to come? Think about what you've already been through and magnify it by a thousand. And you might be in the ballpark. As I told you, famine is not to come, it's here. Drought is not to come, it's here. Geographically, wherever you're living, what are the natural disasters that plague your area? Well, they're about to turn up. And not just right. the natural disasters. The man-made right. disasters are coming along with them. So the That's question right. is, what are you going to do? Are you prepared? What do you have stored up in your house for you and your family? What is your emergency plan in case you have to evacuate where you live at? Where are you going? Does your family know where to go? What is in, well, not what is in your go bag. Do you even have a go bag, first of all? And Mm. then after we answer that question about do you have one, what's in it? And do you know how to effectively utilize what you have in there for the benefit of yourself and your family? So these are just some of the questions that are good to be asked and answered at this critical junction that we're in. Mm -hmm. And while we have this downtime or this moment to breathe, Now is the time to reassess your plan. Make the changes that are necessary. Now is the time to do some more canning if you need to do more canning to build up your shelves in your pantry to get ready for the winter that is coming if you are in that type of region. Now is the time to assess your medical condition and make sure that you have your own stockpile of medications, at least 90 days supply for whatever ailments you have or your loved ones have. Now is the time to, if you don't know, go to your local Red Cross chapter. Go to your local volunteer or paid fire department. Go to your local EMS or ambulance service and find where they're teaching CPR, the choking procedure, basic first aid, stop the bleed, and If you get certified, all praises are due to God. If you learn, it will be better for you and your family to learn what to do when bleeding starts. Learn what to do when a person is choking. Learn what to do when the person takes their last breath right in front of you. Learn what to do when a person is having an asthma attack. 
when a person is having a seizure, when a person is having a diabetic-related crisis, when a person is having a uh, hypertensive emergency or crisis, when a person is having a sickle cell crisis, what are you going to do when a person is having an anaphylactic reaction versus an allergic reaction? These are the things that you need to learn now because the day is coming when you're going to have to take the test. See, the test isn't a written piece of paper when you sit in that class. That's not the real test. The test is when it happens right in front of you, street, to do, or will you be frozen? with fear and not able to do anything? That's the question for you and I right now in this present time while we have a chance to breathe. Brother Brother Yusuf? Uh, Thank you, Brother Rudolph. Beautiful, beautiful. I want to, you know, it's interesting. You, You started the first half hour with asking the question, what's going on and then you went into the second half hour by asking the question what's next and you asked it in the context of what disaster or calamity may be coming next but what came to my mind brothers and sisters what's next i hope and pray it's your heartbeat because the minute your heart starts or stops beating that's and it. there's no neck, <laughs> that's, you that's hope right. somebody is, 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 is close by that knows CPR that may be able to extend and bring you your heartbeat back to uh, a regular tempo, if you will. And Brother Rudolph certainly knows the, the right nomenclature to use. I hope that your heartbeat is next because if it's not, if it stops, I hope somebody who's qualified to use an AED machine. Oh, yes, sir. Automatic external defibrillator. Yes, sir. To help regulate your heartbeat because without that, you forget about (laughs) disaster awareness (laughs) for community preparedness. So I want to I want to go back because this applies to Brother Rudolph, myself, and many of you on this line about when he said in the beginning the importance of getting rest. Yes, sir. And there's a difference between rest and sleep. Hell, the black yeah. man been asleep for 400 years. We got much experience in being asleep. But rest is vital for better mental health, increased concentration and memory, a healthy immune system. Rest is vital for reducing stress, improving your mood, and even giving you a better metabolism. Yes, sir. Rest. That's right. Their benefits. You need to understand the importance of rest and how to unplug in this busy world. 
Right. Adequate rest gives your body or helps your body to activate its inner healing cascade and return to a state of homeostasis. Brother Rudolph can break that down. But this is when your body can be repaired. And three things to consider. Number one, practice an attitude of gratitude. Right. That's right. Number two, take deep breaths. And number three, cultivate healthy habits. You see, rest is incredibly important to your body's health. So, I mean, many studies, it's been proven. It gives you a myriad of benefits when you talk about rest. So I think it's critically important, uh, Brother Rudolph, that you know you and your wife and your wife suggested to you as your help me to consider time for rest. That's right. And, I, I, you know, I'm not trying to put Brother Rudolph's business out in the street, but this brother works 25 hours a day, eight days a week. So Allah knows through his wife to let him know, baby, slow down for a minute. Get you necessary rest and reflect while you're resting. Because in this busy world, the Holy Quran has a, and that's the book of the Muslims, which verifies the truth that's in the Bible. There's a verse that says corruption has appeared on the land and the sea. On account of what man's hands have wrought, that he might, uh, 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 as it goes, so so that he might return, so that he might, so that Allah might, you know, show him, look, there's a consequence to this corruption, but Allah is merciful. He gives you a time to return back to him. In other words, repent which is one of the eight steps of atonement, uh, reconciliation. You know, this helps us not only with ourselves, but it helps us settle our differences with anybody who we might have, as they say on the street, a beef with. Yes, sir. And y'all might or might not remember those eight steps of atonement, uh, pointing out your wrongs, acknowledging your wrongs, number two, number three, confession, number four, repentance, number five, atonement, being at one with, number six, forgiveness, number seven, reconciliation, and number eight, a perfect Union with Allah and yourself. When you get your proper rest and you're in a state of repentance and gratitude, then it boosts your immune system. It reduces your stress. It improves your mood, gives you better mental health, and increases concentration and memory. Studies have shown that 
If you read the book, How to Eat to Live, by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, it's from cover to cover. That's right. Eating the proper foods at the proper times, but also thinking the proper thoughts. Right. You can eat the proper foods, but if you're not eating them at the right times, then the mathematics is off. You can eat the right foods at the right time, but if your thoughts are off, the science is off. You have to eat the right. Well, it's to your benefit. I'm not telling you what you have to do. You can get with this or you can get with that, but we're going to get with this. Disaster awareness for community preparedness, because this is where it's at. (laughs) So you can eat the right foods at the right time with the right thoughts, and it may be to your benefit to say the most honorable Elijah Muhammad was right. The advice we're getting from Brother Rudolph and Brother Youssef is something we don't hear on mainstream media. It doesn't cost you anything but to make an effort. Proper prior planning prevents poor performance by God's grace and mercy. So I did want to just emphasize and speak to that rest piece because when you say what's next, I pray and I hope it's our heartbeats that are next so we can move forward and prepare ourselves, get the proper information in terms of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Prepare ourselves. Put a kit together, a survival kit. Periodically reassess your plan and your kit. This is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about. In fact, let me say this as it relates to disaster preparedness. If I may just quote uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who says, and I quote, those who are scripturally prepared, know that it is prophesied that we would be living in a time of wars and rumors of war, pestilence, famine, and earthquakes in diverse places. Let me just stop right there. It's interesting, Brother Rudolph, that you would bring up famine because you you tune right into when Brother Shelton made his presentation the other night at Moss 57 in Norfolk. That was really what he focused on famine. He gave the past, the present, and the future perfect tense of what we should consider in terms of disaster awareness for community preparedness. But let me go back to the minister's quote. He says, we are witnessing terrifying disasters afflicting the peoples of the world, and those disasters are now afflicting the United States of America. Believing that those prophecies will be fulfilled It is our duty to learn as much as we can on disaster preparedness and to do all we can to prepare the American people and our people in particular for coming disasters, unquote, from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So you're really resting up because as soon as you get back in the game, it's it's time to go to work. That's right. You better have your immune system as healthy as possible. You're not, again, you know, Brother Rudolph, you can you can speak to this, but two things. I, I mentioned in one sense that we as a people have been asleep for 400 years, so right. there's no time for us to go back to sleep. But the reality is, mentally speaking, and that's mental in one sense, but 
in another sense, and, and certainly women seems like they experience it more than men. I don't have the statistics in front of me. They can say they slept last night, or I think I slept, and then they wake up and feel like they didn't get any rest at all. Yes, sir. So there's a difference between rest and sleep. Uh, you, you you got any opinion on that, Brother Rudolph? Oh, yes, sir. And, uh, uh, well, you know, I, I, I as well uh, put it out there. My wife is a perfect example of that. Mine, too. Because, and I always say to her, baby, 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 you, 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 you're thinking too much. Mm-hmm. You got you got to shut it off sometimes. You're thinking too mm-hmm. much. She yep. goes so deeply into everything that even when she's trying to lay down and rest, her mind mm-hmm. is still engaged. Right. And so her body never gets a chance to recuperate because mm-hmm. her mind is still so engaged that it keeps her heart racing, circulating blood because she's constantly releasing hormones that are stimulating her system because of the thoughts that she's having. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other side to that, there's her husband. Mm-hmm. All I have to do is stop moving. And I'm snoring. I ain't mm-hmm. about nothing. I thought it was just my household. Stop talking about my household. <laughs> <laughs> I'm we'll, be sit- we'll be sitting down talking, and if she takes too long of a pause in between words, <laughs> I haven't heard a thing. <laughs> Go ahead. Stop talking about me, sir. <laughs> I don't know. Allah has blessed us, brother, with that mechanism. And again, yes, a lot of people don't understand that's a safeguard also. Mm, that's because right. Because of the work that we do on a regular basis, mm-hmm. you have to know when to turn it off. That's because right. otherwise, you will burn up this thing called a body that we have and whatever it is that you were concerned about, talk, thinking about, fretting about, worrying about will still be here. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but yeah, you, you're right. It's a difference between sleep and rest. Mm-hmm. And it is possible when you learn how to do it <laughs> to be able to rest in the middle of confu- of a confused state. And people laugh at me on, the, on various disasters. Uh, what, Hurricane Sandy always comes to mind because mm-hmm. we were in the shelter and the winds are blowing outside. It's raining. It's thundering. It's lightning. Uh, you know, it's like 85-mile-an-hour winds and rain, water blowing in every direction, I put my poncho on, grabs a milk crate, and my thermos of coffee 
and I go outside the shelter and sit outside. And they asked me, it's a hurricane outside. What are you going outside for? I said, to get some rest. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't understand how I would go out into the elements and be able to rest better than staying inside the shelter with them. Out in the elements, there's still an appreciation for the magnificence of God's work. I mean, to just sit there and look at what the weather's doing, look at the weather, look at what's going on, that's the work of God. That's right. nature. And it's a grooming effect to that. And then, of course, I have my cup of coffee now. That, that, that's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> Got my cup of coffee and my poncho. Hey, I'm good. So I sat out there, drank my coffee in about 20 minutes. I went back inside, rejuvenated, ready to go. Mm-hmm. A little wet, but it's okay. It's all right. But, yeah, you have to be able to, you know, sometimes disengage from where you are and just get to that your own happy place. And just stay That's there right. for a little bit. You know that what that reminds me of, Brother Rudolph, is that story in the Bible where they were out on the ship, Jesus was down in the bottom sleeping. Right. Getting rest. Getting rest. Right. And you know, the winds were blowing, the waves billowing as it says. And they had to wake the Jesus up because the rest of the crew were panicking. He just he's like, Yo, peace be still. Peace yes, sir. Be still. God is in this. We good. Oh ye a little faith. Right. You know? Right. And so that's the balance, brothers and sisters, when I hear you not you know, like you said, that's a that's a gift we've been given, brother. After spending thirty years on the fire department, brother. <laughs> you know yes, I mean they 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 I know they had to wonder my colleague how I was so, for lack of a better description, cool under fire. Right. Because I know if God didn't have it, then, you know, (laughs) then I would panic. But I knew God had it. And uh, I facetiously say, like I used to say to my mother when she used to be concerned about me, you know, mothers, they never really snapped that umbilical cord. And so when she said to me, be careful, I used to say, Mom, look, they tell me God says, he takes care of babies and fools, and I'm both. So I'm covered. I got the double, the double covenant. Don't a even double, worry about me, mom. I'm good. Right? Hey, look, I was in the fire. I, you know, I learned this in the academy because, again, no one had ever heard me say I wanted to be a firefighter ever. So when right. I got in the academy, I'll never forget the first time I was in an exercise of a of a fire. It was a controlled fire, but I didn't know anything about a self-contained breathing apparatus. And even though they trained me on it in the classroom and they showed me how to put it on, (laughs) don it, if you will, when the flames start going and the smoke start going, you forget all the work. I mean, I'll speak for me. I forgot what the hell I had learned in the classroom. And so they put me in a room, tell me, go find a little baby. Search the, the remember your you know uh, search and rescue techniques, 
and how to get out the room if you have to get out because you can't see anything. And so they tell you when your vibra alert goes off on your bottle, you still have anywhere from 5 to 10 to 15. You might even have 20 depending on how you breathe, right? right? You're breathing, right? How deep you breathe, how quick you breathe. Now, I'm a rookie now. I'm I'm fresh out the hood coming into this fire. So I, I, I kind of like, not panic, but I was like, no, nah, I can't remember how much time I got with this thing vibrating. <laughs> so I stood up. I stood up, right? And as I stood up, the damn uh, captain of the fire department was standing with no breathing apparatus on, smoking a cigar, laughing at me. <laughs> I said, well, I'll be damned. I, I feel like I'm about a breath from, from dying up in here because I don't know when this thing going to cut off. Right. And he's like, no, nah, he's smoking son, a cigar. With, with, no, with no breathing apparatus, old school. <laughs> I said, I'll be damned. Boy, sucker is born every day. I was one that day. <laughs> but no, brother. from then on, I know. you know. God had me. I knew. I knew. I, I said, okay, I learned the lesson early. I'm glad I did. But that's why we got to stay in tune with the source greater than ourselves, brothers and sisters. Right. When you talk about disaster, when you talk about being in these emergency situations for real, for real, I mean, it's it's nothing to play with. But, uh, again, connecting it to rest and connecting it into this crazy world we live in. When you described it earlier, I botched up the scripture about corruption has appeared on the land and the sea because my mind was thinking faster than my mouth could catch up. So oh, no, I went no, to the Holy Quran. Yeah, I got. I gave you forty-one. You're right, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to say it right though, but the other one that came to my mind was the shock of the hour is a grievous oh. thing because again, men will look drunk as as you you know identified looking across the street and seeing people appearing crazy. But that that ayat said corruption has appeared in the land and the sea on account of that which man's hands have wrought, that he may make them taste a part of that which they have done so that they may return, meaning repent. So I just wanted to get that off because I don't know. Our teacher might be listening, and I want to make sure I represent properly. But thank yes, you, sir. Brother Rudolph, for, for having my back on that. And oh, oh, uh, look, brothers and sisters, we're into the second hour of this week's program. We pray that we've shared something with you that is beneficial to you. In this crazy world, you better try to get more rest because you got to get right back up and do the work that God has blessed you to do because if you're not connected, to the all-wise, true, and living God, no matter what you call him or her, whatever you call, this world will have you. You remember uh, brother student minister Hakeem, who used to be Nelson in New York. May Allah be pleased with him. He used to always say, boy, this world have your mind twisted like a pretzel. (laughs) That's real. I'm telling you. You think you're going east and you're really going west. You think you're going north and you're really going south. And then you got a nerve to say, well, I'm lost. And 
You think your GPS can save you? Well, what's really your GPS? Is it that technology, global right. positioning system? Right. Or is it, you know, you in tune with nature and you can look at a cloud and see where the sun is appearing to either rise or set to help you with your direction? Or reading the signs properly. You see? You just can't rely on the technology. That's right. Be not dismayed at the signs of it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Man, man. That's right. <laughs> man. Bro, when you were telling that story about that SCBA, man, I remember that, that text supposed to last an hour. Boy, I used mine up in like 45 <laughs> minutes. That's Bro, right. I'm man. You. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mass collapsing on your face, you breathing so hard, <laughs> and everybody, everybody sitting around laughing, but you. I'm telling you, you know what I'm man, talking that, about. No wonder you were that, laughing so hard. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Man, please, listen, only those who have been in it That's know right. what it's like. It, 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 you can't that, describe it. It's one of the things where you had to be there. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do, okay? This is what we do. The type of life we have. The choice that was made for our life by our creator. Because I'll tell you, I never thought about doing any disaster preparedness growing up. I wanted to be a dancer, and then I wanted to be a football player. And so I went to ballet school. I went and did all the dance stuff early in life. Then when I hit high school, I went and started doing the sports stuff. I I know nothing about no medical field and, and, and no disaster preparedness or nothing until I got into the military and got into a situation where there was no one to call on but God. And the ones that I thought in that situation knew what I didn't know, found out, they didn't know either. They was friends. Mm. And so, so I ended up learning about the medical field on the fly. And once I started doing it, it just resonated with me. And then uh, on board the ship, the fire break out, ain't no 911, you 911. Now you're in the middle of all this water and don't have none to put these flames out. What you going to do? Yeah, so... Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, man, you know, and, and that just makes me think to to everybody that's listening, okay, we're getting that time of year again. Those of you who live in houses with fireplaces, do you just throw the log in the fireplace and light it? Or do you do your due diligence and have an inspector come out and inspect that chimney first and make sure that that flute is working and that it opens and closes and make sure 
that is nothing up stuck up in that chimney that's going to cause that smoke. And not so much the smoke is the problem because you can see the smoke, but that carbon monoxide that you can't see and can't smell that mm-hmm. will overpower you and your family and kill you in your sleep if you're lucky. And the reason I say if you're lucky, because if it doesn't kill you, it will make you so sick you'll wish you were dead. As it carbon monoxide levels raise in your body and they permeate the cells of your body and overtake the oxygen, that gives through all of that. Brother Rudolph, I don't know if you're mobile right now, but your transmission is going in and out, sir. Okay. Can't hear you at this time, sir. Brother Yusuf, can you hear me now? Yeah, wherever you are, that's good right there, brother. Okay, yes, sir. Yeah, so what I was saying was because you didn't do your due diligence and get that thing checked out before you lit it up, now you possibly create a disaster in your own home. So as we're moving on into the fall and into the winter, and we will be seeking shelter indoors more often during the day now. The temperature is dropping, and you want to hit that thermostat and turn that thing over. Have you checked your boiler out? Have you had it serviced over the summertime since the last time you shut it down? Have you flushed your boiler and got all of that rusted, old, dirty water out? and made sure that the fill valve is open for the water to flow through to fill it up the way it needs to be filled up? Have you had someone get out to make sure that the gas household? Have you changed the batteries in your smoke detectors or, or your CO2 detectors? Have you checked your fire extinguishers? Well, I, I, I'm being facetious right now. Fire extinguishers should have been my uh, question. And if you have, have you checked them lately? Does everyone in your household know where the fire extinguishers are and how to use them? Do you know what the acronym Do you know how to look at that gauge and tell whether that fire extinguisher is good to use or not? Do you have smoke detectors in your home and carbon monoxide detectors? And if you do, are they ready to go? Or are you taking it down because every time you cook, you set it off because you burned the house down, but you forgot to 
it could do the job of saving your life. These are just some of the things that we think about on a regular basis. And unfortunately, Brother Yusuf and I know that this time of real. Right. And it's all too often that after the fire is done, after the bodies are removed, with the inspector and the report is written, the line in the report is the smoke detector was disengaged. Yep, that's right. Or the CO2 detector, they didn't have a CO2 detector. So these are just some prevention, family. These are some things that you need to do. And they're on sale at Lowe's. We're not, we're not advertising for Lowe's or Home Depot or Ace Hardware or any of those places. We're just telling you where you can go to get the things that you need for the benefit of yourself, your family, and your community. Because believe it or not, you are a benefit in your community. That's right. Because whatever it is you know, and to whoever you speak to in your community and try and enlighten them and educate them, if you were not there, how would they get that information? And how do you know how many people you have saved spreading what you know? But that's our job. We, are, we live eternally in the red. Because there were people who went before us that gave their life so that we could be here doing what we're doing. So we owe. We have to pay it forward in order to build a platform so that our children and our children's children will have a place to be able to live and call home. So... You know, I, I was just throwing that out there, Brother Yusuf. Just throwing it out there. Uh, the last thing I would say before I turn it back to this family, we're moving into that time where the ghosts and the goblins are coming out. Yeah, people are getting, they're gearing up now. They're gearing up now. Yeah, the vampires and the witches and the warlocks and all manifestations of uh, uh, scary stuff is getting ready to come out for that old faded Halloween season. And you're going to dress up the children and you're going to take... Now, listen to this. Listen. Let me show you how crazy people are. So we just come out of three years of COVID where we weren't interacting with anybody. And now you're taking the mask off, and now you want to get back out there with people. But people are crazy. And you want to take your children to strangers and let strangers give your children candy to eat. And you're going to let your child eat it. 
And then when something happens to your child, you're going to be upset. And then you're going to have remorse and guilt as to why it happened. But the answer is you did it. You are the guilty one. You exercise correct thought. If you want your child to have candy, go buy them candy. So at least you know what they're getting rather than taking them out to strangers when we look on the news every day and hear some of this crazy stuff that is going on in society, but you're going to trust your child's life to somebody that you don't even know for the sake of a so-called, what they call a holiday that is based on what? Based on evil evil intentions, and devilishment. Think over this. Brother Yusuf? Yes, sir, Brother Rudolph. Thank you, brother. You know you're right on time as always. And as we're talking about time, 521 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, remember, you can press one, brothers and sisters, and come into the queue. Any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have relative to what has been said already, or relative to what, you know, you may be going through. But uh, as Brother Rudolph put us in the time of this particular pagan holiday, it reminds me of a line that I had, uh, Brother Rudolph, in one of my poems. And it ended by saying, April Fool, acting school, appearance of a treat is really a defeat because it's a trick. Well, 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 I mean, as Brother Rudolph said, if you want a slice of the devil's pie and a, you want to sip on some witch's brew, I'm sure there are plenty of homes around here in America that can't wait for you. But <laughs> the choice is yours. That's how that goes down. Uh, back to, you know, this time of year as well, where whether your family will be cooking for Thanksgiving or Christmas or Kwanzaa. I mean, look, there's a recipe, general tips, fire safety tips for you and your family you should consider. As Brother Rudolph said, and we believe repetition is the mother of learning, always have a working smoke alarm close to your kitchen and be sure to test it Every month, if the alarm sounds when you're cooking, press the hush button or fan the alarm with a towel. Never remove the batteries or disable the alarm, as Brother Rudolph said earlier. You also want to stay alert. Walk your post in a perfect manner, keeping always on the alert. Never cook if you're sleepy have been drinking alcohol, or have taken medicine that makes you drowsy. Have an all-purpose, what's called an ABC fire extinguisher close by. Brother Rudolph said it again. Get trained by your local fire department on how to use it. Prepare and practice an escape route 
with the entire family, including special instructions for children, older adults, and those with disabilities. You want to teach the children what a smoke alarm sounds like and what to do when the alarm sounds. Uh, You want to show the children how to crawl low on the floor below the smoke to get out of the house and to stop, drop, and roll. You want to... uh, Teach them not to hide from firefighters in closets under the bed, but get out of the home quickly and go to a neighbor's house to call for help. When in doubt, get out. When you leave, close the door behind you to help contain the fire. And never go back inside a burning house. Call 911 after you escape. Right. So look, brothers and sisters, it's important to, uh, there's a term in the fire service, it's called EDITH, E-D-I-T-H, EDITH, exit drills in the home. So you want to plan your escape, you want to have a family meeting, and you want to do what they do in school periodically, have fire drills. Begin with everyone in their bed. Sound the alarm and press the smoke detector test button and yell fire or use another signal. Practice rolling out of the bed, staying low, and fill the door for heat. Use the back of your hand. The first time, use the normal exit. Brace your shoulder against the door and open it slowly, ready to shut it quickly if there's heat or smoke. The second time, pretend that the doors are hot. Every must, Everyone must use the second way out, if you have one. Gather at a meeting place and check that everyone is out. Designate someone to stimulate calling the fire department, excuse me, not stimulate, stimulate. Talk about the drill. This is practice now. If necessary, make changes and rehearse them. Hold the monthly family escape drill. The more you practice, the better you will be able to act quickly, correctly, and automatically in a fire. So just wanted to share those things based on what Rudolph said. Some of the points were reiterated. Other points you may have heard for the first time. The drill, the meeting family, planning to escape, very important. General fire safety tips I use for you and your family, very important. Keep the children safe while cooking. Very important. And in fact, not just the children, younger children. Teach your teenagers, your adolescents in your home, and older adults what it means. And again, if you are not familiar with what to do, shout out to the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters. You can go to their website, 
www.iabtf.org, and uh, you can learn more about the Stop Fire campaign that took place uh, a few years back, but it's still relevant today. So shout out, shout out, shout out to the IBPFF, Sister President Carrie Edwards Clemens, the executive board and the members, the black firefighters in your area, all firefighters for that matter, because disaster is non-discriminatory. It doesn't care your ethnicity, your religion. Disaster doesn't take a day off. That's no right. Holidays. So, you know, shout out to all the uh, workers in public safety, workers in the emergency medical services, quote, unquote, essential workers for real, for real. But guess yes, what? Sir. Even though their response time is critically important, there may come a time where they won't be able to respond to where you live. That's why it's important you prepare yourself. You prepare yourself. You prepare right. yourself. Well, Brother Rudolph, we're at the last half hour of this week's program. It's been a pleasure to, you know, be able to bounce off of you and off our listening audience what they need to know coming up. Uh, you know, when we talked about mental health uh, earlier and the importance of getting rest, I'm going to close out this portion of my delivery. I'm looking, and I was sent something by Sister Dr. Anel Prim, as you know, that's been a guest on this uh, program in the past. She's the head of the All Healers Mental Health Alliance. Yes, sir. And she, uh, every two weeks, has, you know, a meeting with subject matter experts, and, uh, you know, they talk about the the, the, the past recent community uh, 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 calamities and how the communities were affected, I guess, if you talk about Hurricane Ian, uh, the disport, uh, disproportionate impact on our people and the resources. They talk about these kind of things on a biweekly basis. Of course, you can't be in America without talking about some level of violence or anti violence happening in our neighborhoods. And as Brother Rudolph said earlier, whether it's natural or man made disasters, you know, violence, fires, tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, COVID nineteen, these are on the lips of many people, particularly the subject matter experts. But you know what, Brother Rudolph, what comes to my mind is that she's promoting a mental health in communities of color uh, presentation with all these uh, Dr. This and Dr. That. It's breaking the stigma and silence and prioritizing our needs. And again, they have... uh, Three keynote speakers, one including Dr. Nell Prim. But then they have, you know, panelists, 5, 10, 15, 16 panelists and two co-hosts. And I mean, you know, we said it earlier, but the promotion says this. The human toll, T-O-L-L, of the COVID-19 pandemic 
heightened levels of violence and persuasive and persistent systematic racism have devastated our communities. Now is the time to take bold and intentional action. These unexpected and tragic experiences also present unprecedented opportunities to do things differently with freshly informed equity lenses at all levels. The Mental Health Symposium brings together local leaders, regional and national experts, community members, and stakeholders for a half-day of learning dedicated to addressing mental health and trauma through the lens of equity. Now, I heard the siren. Welcome to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Please state your name and where you're calling from and how may we serve you. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atuba Joy, and I'm calling well, from Raleigh, North Carolina. Good to hear your voice, Sister Juba. Thank you for your call. Go right ahead. Yes, man. sir. Um, I just want to briefly thank both of you for disaster preparedness. Um, all praise is due to Allah. I, when you're not on, I really miss the uh, the information. So I'm really grateful that uh, I'm able to hear you today. And I want to say also the issue of rest and sleep is so important because when we sleep, uh, there still can be a lot of things going on because of what g- goes on in our minds. And sometimes we relieve through dreaming or sometimes we relieve through even uh, coming up with an answer. But rest and sleep, we we need both. And it's really important that we get it. And I want to share a real quick, quick poem with you about thought. Because thoughts do make a difference. May I do that? Yes, ma'am. Go right ahead and bless us. Right. Short poem. Things. You know what I mean? Thoughts are things. They gather up the energy from the universe and manifest it into existence. Had any spiritual, holy, healthy thoughts lately? Change your world. That's it. Beautiful. Thank you so much. No, we thank you, Sister Juba. Thank you. Wa- thank you. Yes, ma'am. Walaikum salam. Yes, beautiful, beautiful. You know what comes to my mind, Sister Juba, and thank you for being yes, a constant and consistent supporter of disaster yes. awareness for community preparedness. You know, there's a saying that says, be cognizant or careful of your thoughts because they become your words. Be cognizant and careful of your words because they become your action. Be cognizant and careful of your actions because they become your habits. Yes. Be cognizant and careful of your habits, for they become your character. 
be cognizant and be careful of your character because that becomes your destiny. And so when you say thoughts and things, sister, and you just so beautifully shared that poem with us, may Allah continue to bless you and you. keep doing what you're doing as you, you know, teach the younger generation and keep calling in and blessing us with what God has given you to give us because it makes us all as a community much better, in my humble opinion. Thank you, Sister Juba. Oh, praise to you, Allah, and tell my brother Rudolph to be safe in uh, in Detroit. I certainly will. I think he's still on. Brother Rudolph, you still with us? Well, he's Mighty moving quiet. and grooving, <laughs> Sister Juba. Yeah, yeah, No, yeah. no, I'm, he, I'm on. I was just on. I was on mute because of the noise in my background. Thank yeah, you, sir. Yeah. Oh, yes, ma'am. All right. Good, brother. Assalamu alaikum. Take care. Be safe. You as well. Wa alaikum salam, Sister Juba. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And, you know, she was talking about those thoughts, connecting it to, as I was reading a promo for a mental health symposium, it ended by saying the goal is to engage in dialogue to highlight the diversity of needs of youth and adults across systems and collectively work together to identify strategies to improve care and to prioritize the next steps for our community. These are very nice-sounding professional words. But, Brother Rudolph, what comes to my mind and uh, I experienced it personally, and I also just heard from a friend of mine who's telling me she believes she needs therapy in some sense. He said, but the medical or the insurance industry doesn't provide the insurance for mental health as it does for physical health. For physical health, correct. And to the degree that they do provide any benefit, she said it's so expensive he says she's going to have to get another therapist just to deal with that. <laughs> to pay the bill. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes, sir. What's your thought on that? And I know we had our dear brother, Brother William, talk about certain types of insurance uh, the last time uh, we went live. But, yeah, what about that with that mental health piece? Because you got to have the right kind of insurance. The right doctor has to approve of it and, uh, what's your thoughts on that, Brother Rudolph? Well, um, my, the, the, the reality is that there's not enough emphasis put on on mental health. It, um, people take mental health for granted until it's your mental health. Right. Or someone close to you. Mental health Uh awareness is just as important as physical health because it starts in the mind. Disease and the disease process, once it gets into the mind, it ravishes the body. And there goes your physical manifestation of whatever was going on because it got into the mind 
and the mind could not eradicate. And so the mind gave it life, gave it speed, gave it yeast so that it could grow and, and, and get bigger and stronger because they did not have what they needed to have to put it in check in the mind. So their thought process just ran 24-7, and that's what fed the disease. You ever heard stories of people who, <laughs> they, now they've been sick for years. We all know they've been sick. They get their diagnosis of having something, and then they're dead within 30 days. But yet they've lived with it all of this time. Uh-huh. Well, could it be, could it be, because we, 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 we have to also think about how this society prescribes psychotropic drugs to redirect, I don't know, your thought process, your mental faculties and with these drugs they they really are playing Russian roulette they'll prescribe a certain drug for you until you report back or your family member reports back to them this one's not working right and then they offer you another prescription of a psychotropic drug (laughs) yes sir and it may work for two weeks, two months, but then there's another kind of chemical imbalance going on. And then again, they say, okay, let's adjust this. And really what they say to you first is they take you off all the drugs you're on fast, clean your system out, and then we'll give you another one at this particular dosage. And I'm saying that for those who these drugs don't work for, it's almost like being a guinea pig until they find the right one that they say, okay, now this is the best one for your chemical imbalance. And then they tell you, you got to be on the drug the rest of your life. Right. Right. They don't tell you it's a window opportunity where you can wean yourself off of it. So it's a well, lot of complexity know, to this thing, Brother Rudolph. Go right ahead, sir. Yes, sir. And, and I'm going to say this and to everyone listening. Let me give my disclaimer. The views and thoughts of this next statement are those of Brother Rudolph Muhammad solely and not to be attributed to Black Hole Radio in any way, shape, or form. There is no mental health disorder that will ever be cured with toxic medication. The similarities that all mental health patients have is the nutritional deficits. Uh-huh. And the bad diet. The general mental health patient lives off of a diet of sugar, 
carbohydrates and sweet in general. They want something sweet. Um, they 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 definitely want the carbs, the bread, the chips, and all of that, which again it still turns into sugar in the body. Uh-huh. And because of that, the sugar then helps to accelerate whatever else is going on in the body. And the Healthcare facilities, you figure they would know better and should know better the diet that they should be consuming and pushing. However, they don't. They don't do better, so it's hard to say that they know better. Because when you know better, you do better. So if you find a person who's not doing better, it's because they don't know. So I say all of that to say the mental health uh, spiral is set up in a way that it keeps the patient coming back, which is job security, for the practitioner. Now, I know I shouldn't have just said that, especially since I work in mental health. I'll probably be out of a job tomorrow when I go to work. Heard it here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. There has to be a paradigm shift in order to make a dent in this mental health crisis that we're in here they're talking now about um, uh, um, uh, um, freezing or or, or scanning uh, uh, seven-year-olds for anxiety. Seven-year-old hasn't been on the planet long enough to be anxious about anything. But yet we're seeing more and more youth coming through the system with anxiety, panic attacks, depression. And this is not a coincidence. Some of us feel this is by design. And they get them hooked on these toxic psychotropic meds at that age, then what happens 15 years later? What are you dealing with now? So you never have to worry about that person being a scientist, being a thinker in your society, being one who will challenge you on any aspect because they are so dependent on that toxic medicine that you've grown them up on just like they were being fed cocaine or heroin or angel dust or any any of those drugs 
And when you try and get them off of it, now 15 years later, they go through a heck of a withdrawal if you can even get them off of it. But then what do their organs look like? What does their kidney, their liver, right. Right. what do they do? How do you deal with them to be a better way? There is a better way. But because of the financial windfall for keeping people institutionalized, devilish I, men, devilish men. I fear that we will never get to that part anytime soon because the people that, that make the decisions don't want to hear it because it will definitely impact their bottom line. Individual man, woman, boy, and girl to take charge of their own mental health as well as physical health and to do the things that are necessary to preserve it and protect a healthy way of life and lifestyle. And for parents, parents, parents have to, once again, be parents. God has blessed you to be the steward of a young life. He didn't say for you to be their friend, for you to be their buddy. He didn't say for you to be their hangout partner. He blessed you with the charge of you stewarding their growth and development, meaning you have to have a plan for them. You have to protect them. They don't know. They haven't been on the planet long enough to know. It's your job to know these things for them and to fight like hell to protect them from the society that wants to do you and them in. And I'll leave it at that, Brother Yusuf. No, that's you right on it, Brother Rudolph. Look, can you imagine a seven-year-old, like you said, being offered psychotropic drugs for uh, uh, anxiety and 15 years later? No. If you try to get them off of that after 15 years later, the damage that's done to their organs, one thing, the mental uh, uh, torture, that they will go through after being on those drugs for that long, 15 and 7. They're 22 years old, a young adult. Not to mention most of those drugs, some of the side effects is it destroys your reproductive. Uh, I can't produce children, and I'm only 22 years old. Because of this drug I've been on for seven years, it's, it's really it's really devilish, man, because uh, whether you're talking about the American Medical Association or you're talking about these uh, pharmaceutical companies making big money in cahoots with the American Medical Association, big money, Pfizer, yes, sir. Merck, big money. You you see the commercials that's on TV? For those of you who might watch anything, whether soap operas, Ratchet TV, or sports, 
the commercials are dominated by drugs, by the pharmaceutical industry. That if the commercial is 30 seconds long, they spend 20 seconds talking about the side effects and 10 seconds talking about why you should take this drug after your doctor prescribes it for you. This is devilishment, brothers and sisters. Uh, yes, sir. We, we pray, we pray, brother Rudolph doesn't get fired, but he's telling you the truth. He's willing to sacrifice his life, and so am I. I mean, what good is our life? You know, brother Rudolph said it earlier when he talked about uh, one man giving his life, and uh, scripture that says, I believe it's what Surah five, Ayat thirty two. And whoever saves a life, it is as though he had saved the lives of all men. And so somebody died, brothers and sisters, so that we might live, and we'd be less than our salt if we didn't strive to each one teach one, each one reach one about what we've been given. We know the scripture is right when it says, to whom much is given, much is required and expected. We know the scripture is right in Proverbs 22 and 3, that a prudent man foresees the difficulties ahead and prepares for them. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. It's no need for us, brothers and sisters, to be blind, deaf, and dumb to the knowledge of ourselves today. That time is over, not unless you want to stay that way. Not unless you want to stay that way. Then, you know, we can't do nothing for you. Uh, Flavor Flav used to say, I can't do nothing for you, man, back in the day. <laughs> or or as, as Public Enemy said, well, if you don't want to do for yourself, then welcome to the Terror Dome. How about that? Yes, and you sir. won't be able to say Brother Rudolph and Brother Youssef didn't try to do their part. To tell you to, I got movies running through my head now. School days when Lawrence Fishburne ran out to the middle uh, uh, of the university and rang that bell. And he said, wake up. Wake up. Right. Yes, sir. You won't be able to tell us that we didn't try to sound the alarm as Brother Rudolph does. Should he get dispatched to a particular location? He's got the siren blaring. And when I was on the truck or the engine, I got the siren blaring and the air horn to let the people know blocks in advance. Here we come. And we come in not to play games. We come in to save a life because it's a state of emergency. Never seen such urgency. This is disaster awareness for community preparedness. And as we're in our last four minutes of this week's program, it's been a pleasure, as always, to share with you that which has come through our screen this week. It's a pleasure, as always, to co-host this program with Brother Rudolph Muhammad, international subject matter expert. And it's been a pleasure to have all of you on the line. We pray that you learned something uh today, and we pray that next time, if it be the will of Allah God, that we come on, that you come into the program as our dear sister, Sister Juba, 
came in and shared that which was revealed to her based on uh, this week's program, and then she shared. That's the beauty of our program. People who come on, they have something to share. They're subject matter experts, and I'm saying you, those who didn't come on, you're subject matter experts yourself. That's right. So we have to start somewhere, brothers and sisters. It's not like we haven't been given what we've been given. We're just trying to let you know, act like you know, telling you the life you save might be your own, as my father used to say. And my mother used to say to teach is to touch a life forever. So I'm going to get out of your way in these last two minutes. I'll let Brother Rudolph close out. But as I say every week, even with these words shared by me and we, I guess it's still the way it used to be. The strength of a nation is its family. And real freedom is responsibility the ability to respond legitimately by any means necessary. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for tuning in, and thank you to the uh, Black Hole Radio LLC. Thank you, Brother Farr, Sister Yvette, Brother Jason, and family for giving us this opportunity as I give you our brother, Brother Rudolph. Thank you, sir. Original yes, salute. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam. Thank you, Brother Yusuf. As always, and please thank the Queen for allowing this son that she sacrifices her husband for me and for we. Likewise. Yes. And so, family, here we are at the end of another broadcast, and we pray you all will be better as you're leaving the program, then when you came to the program, we pray that there's something that we have said that has helped to elevate you or enlighten you to something that you know now that you did not know. And if not, then you make sure you come on here next week and help us out. So you never end up wasting your time again for two hours sitting here listening. That's not edifying you in any way, shape, or form. So as we sign off this week, we're praying that the God of creation blesses you and your family with life, health, and prosperity, and praying that he blesses you so that we can we could be next week at the same time and in the same place to figure out as Marvin Gaye said and we can talk about the ramifications of this ball of confusion that we are living in today. And of course, as Brother Yusuf always says so eloquently you can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. We're going to stay with disaster awareness for community preparedness because this is where it's at. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam, sir. Beautiful.
Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.